welcome everybody to the Domcast episode 57 and yeah this is probably 24 hours after 56 hate to do this but you know what it doesn't really matter these are like the barbershop talk length podcast i told y'all that would happen sometimes there are points where in the nba dramatic things happen they happen quickly and for me it reaches the level of emergency content an emergency pod so that's what today is Consider it just an emergency pod if you listen to the free agency one already or you're working or the day one of free agency and you're working your way through it you notice probably that it's missing quite a few deals and that's because we recorded that one at like what 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night and yeah i after i had to rush and post it on youtube because i woke up and deals were just rapid firing and i was like all right let me just go ahead and get this one up before it doesn't even make sense to upload it anymore and i beat the buzzer because there were multiple trades that would have immediately had me ashamed to, to upload that in the form that it was in so anyways whatever you get the point right big shit happened here we are we're back should be quick if you enjoy the podcast like rate all that good stuff but like i said this is this is like throwback we'll get a couple of these during the summer that are just shorter in length because we have to cover deals sometimes and the deals we are covering let's start with the most interesting one and i would say the most unexpected one uh, being that i don't really pay attention to brian windhorse the wolves acquire rudy gobert from the utah jazz for malik beasley patrick beverly walker kessler who was their draft pick i believe it was 22nd overall jared vanderbilt and four first round picks and i believe they are unprotected correct minnesota is sending unprotected 23 25 and 27 picks and a top five protected 29 pick to utah if that is the price in picks for rudy gobert i weep for the future of the team that is about to trade for kevin durant because holy shite i've been watching too much of the boys um I've had time to sit on this one. I did not jump on and react to it immediately as it happened. It's around 9 p.m. here, and this happened earlier in the day. So what are we thinking about this? First of all, Rudy Gobert, Timberwolves. That is not a place that I had ever in my head. Funny thing about this is when guys are eminently or imminent, and when a trade is imminent for a star level player, you normally see photoshops, you see all types of rumors, you see everything. The last thing that I remember hearing was Rudy Gobert was due to be traded to the Chicago Bulls or they were looking for a way to make that happen even Nikola Vucevic made a tweet about how he he's glad that he got turned down for his Salt Lake City house because he wasn't that, that that deal didn't happen and so I was thinking there y'all know I've tossed the Mavericks around a couple of times Kobe on the last pod was saying maybe the Hawks could get into it and the Wolves did it I didn't think of it because that just feels like a really random place. And then also, obviously, Cat playing center. Uh, he can play power forward, but he's been playing center, and it just didn't feel like in 2022, I, I didn't think a team was really jumping at the chance to put two actual big guys. These are two seven-footers playing together now, correct? I'm pretty sure they're both seven feet. It just didn't feel like that was the move, especially when one of them doesn't shoot. I, I didn't ever in my mind see that coming and i was paying no attention to whatever brian Windhorse was saying but apparently he was the one that got this right that's what i gathered from the memes that i saw all right basketball wise well okay let, let's start with what what people are really wondering about was this worth it for the wolves and you never really know until you see it play out on a basketball court however the immediate reaction people are looking at all these picks and especially the fact that only one of them is top five protected and 29 the rest are unprotected and that's on top of players of course vando being a great defender but a extremely limited offensive game as a wing player which i felt was was hurting some of their rotations they they held on to uh Jaden mcdaniels so that's a positive uh, i don't think anybody 
on the wolf side cares about giving up Malik Beasley. Patrick Beverly is a travel man anyways. He'd already been doing rounds on the on the circuit in the media talking about heat trade for me. He talked about playing for the Lakers. So Bev is just due to be traded every summer. And then Walker Kessler, who I will not even lie like I know much about him. But he hasn't played a day in the NBA yet. So we'll see. That, that, that does make sense for Utah and looking like they're going for a rebuild. Did Minnesota give up too much? That's a lot, man. <laughs> when I was thinking it deals for Rudy Gobert, and we knew that he was going to get traded, I, I knew he was no longer a Utah Jazz member because even if they're picking one of those guys to build around in 2022, you just don't build around a player. You don't build around a, a player like Rudy Gobert. You just don't. You, you put him like Minnesota's trying to do on a team with other guys, and you go from there. Um, I would say... Okay, you have the Western Conference, right? You've got, let, let's just list off some teams. Warriors just won the championship. They played the Mavericks, who I believe, I, I like the McGee signing, but boy, that Jalen Brunson, uh, letting him, having him walk, that hurts. And they've not yet replaced that. You go, the Mavericks played the Suns, so the Suns are still there. They're possibly trading for KD, but regardless, I, I believe Phoenix is going to be good next year. You got the Clippers that are coming back. You got the Nuggets about to don their best starting five. I've just named five teams already without even naming the Grizzlies, without even naming the team that has LeBron and AD and probably pretty soon to be Kyrie. So that's set. let's just say without anything else actually being important, off the top of my head, I just named seven Western teams that seem like they are in position to, to get things together this offseason and play for something in the West next year. In my opinion, the state of the Western Conference right now is such that if you are not playing for something you should be like the spurs probably and just be playing for nothing and uh, aka you should be really good right now in the west or really bad it doesn't serve you a lot to just be playing in the middle and i it, it hurts to say that because the wolves are building something nice they should have been in the second round of the playoffs in my opinion last year but they're building something nice and I think that while this was a hefty price, okay, you run it back next year and you get an improved Anthony Edwards, um, a team that's had playoff experience, could have made some other smaller moves and retooled it. That wouldn't have moved them any closer to a championship, though. Not that Rudy Gobert makes them a championship team, but that doesn't move the needle if you're just making small moves. And if you're a team like the Wolves, that's pretty much, let's just say, middle of the pack. Once again, don't forget how many injuries they had last year. And I am getting a phone call, so uh, let me pause real quick. Okay, we're good. Uh, all I was saying was they had a lot of injuries last year that had them basically be a play-in team where I felt... If they had not had those, they could have been a fifth seed. Maybe fourth is pushing it, but fifth or sixth, I could have definitely seen from Minnesota. So you're already in that middle of the pack of the West. I think that's what that roster was capable of. In this Western Conference, though, with two more teams coming back, do you kind of sit idle and say, oh, let's just develop it? Or do you swing for the fences while you can, while you have this? Because Cat has been around for a while now. What was he drafted? He was drafted in 2015, right? He's been around for a while, and I'm getting the sense that, and not that he can't improve, but in some respects, he just kind of seems as if he is who he is in terms of some of the mistakes we saw him make in the playoffs. Uh, it, the, a lot of the things that we talked about while that playoff series was going on, just kind of feel like that's Cat. And... The, the, I was about to say the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan once said. Yeah, and it is is uh, crazy potential. I have very, very high hopes for him. I have MVP hopes for him, so that's cool. Now you put Rudy Gobert there, 
and the bulk of what you paid here is picks that with this core you're hoping you don't really need in my opinion so what are, what are we looking at right now so we know ant just got drafted his uh his, his age is kind of irrelevant to this discussion you look at carl towns and his age what are we looking at just signed an extension he is 26 years old um and yes that was an extension we didn't get to discuss he did sign so he's there for a while he's locked up now you've got Rudy Gobert here. He's 30, so a little bit on the older side, but nonetheless, he's probably still got like three or four years left as the defender that he is. So that puts you at 26. And you're hoping like if you can keep on adding to what this team is, you probably don't necessarily need those. That's the hope anyway. So you really got to make something shake. This was a go for it move. And while it's expensive, for the rotation guys, the only thing that's extra important I think you lost here was Jared Vanderbilt, I would say. And I know that may feel like it's overlooking Patrick Beverly, but Bev did his job to me. He came in one year, gave this team an identity. Probably he probably helped him as a veteran, as a veteran guy in that attitude, he probably helped him, but I don't necessarily if you if you can put him in a deal like this, he's not untouchable. Obviously, they felt the same way. So Vando is really the only player I would say you've lost where you're kind of hurting. Malik Beasley, you ain't know what you was going to get from him as far as three-point shooting on a night-to-night -night basis. That was, I had a fun time following Wolves Twitter talking about Malik Beasley this year. So I like it. I, I like it. That's all I'm saying, though. I didn't say I love it. I didn't say it's great. I didn't say the Wolves are going to the finals. I just said for where this Wolves team is, I like it. But it's a big risk. And again, in this Western Conference, it, it, being where the Wolves are, you probably just need to be thinking. You need to be, be you need to have risk based thinking, risk based thinking. Um, so the, obviously what everyone goes to here immediately, there's two things. One is the Gobert and cat fit. But the other part is, oh, hey, how does you just paid all this for a guy who gets played, played off the floor in the playoffs? And I'm hoping that listeners of this podcast have heard me rant enough about the guys that Gobert was playing with and the role that they played in getting him basically just tortured in playoff games over the last two years. I'm, I'm hoping we don't have to go through that. They were turnstiles. Utah Jazz as a whole had guys as defenders that were turnstiles and put Rudy in a very bad position. So, yes, part of it is his slow feet and, and being able to stay with guards like a modern big man. That's part of it. But also playing with guys that aren't just going to get blown by every play if you can do that. That's a significant thing because now he can just be the backbone of the defense like he needs to be. He doesn't have to deal with Jalen Brunson running at him every single play or rotating to a three point uh, in a three point shot in the corner every single play. Maybe that doesn't happen on this Wolves roster. And I'm going to guess they're probably not done. So we'll see what else they end up adding. So that's how I feel about that. Uh, that's one reason I wanted to see the Jazz just blow this all up anyways, because that was just one too many plays they had to replace to make. Uh, the, the way they play defense, it was just it's just a little too much and not really worth it to build around D. Mitch and Gobert, especially when it didn't really feel like they wanted to be together anymore. So good on them for that. OK, what about the cat and Gobert fit in today's league? Well, it is interesting because obviously if you're going to win the West right now, at the top of it is the Warriors. And we just saw Golden State win a series in six in which they were playing a team that liked to play two bigs. One of them that could shoot and one of them that couldn't. Now, obviously not to this degree. This is this is to an all star degree. But just in general, with how much teams run PNR these days, you are wondering what happens in a series where Steph Curry is dragging both of them out 
and you have the same exact problem that Boston just had in terms of, you know, we don't have many good options here. Um, that does get interesting. So defensively, just guarding actions that happen around the perimeter. I do want to see what that ends up looking like. So the initial action, not just I'm not talking about Gobert rotating and having to make the run from the paint to the corner over and over again. I'm talking about just standard PNR it is interesting. However, as far as a fit, I am kind of glad to see Cat shift to the four here. I think that's what he's wanted. Um, he's been playing center. He likes to shoot a hell of a lot. He doesn't like to bang down low a lot. He doesn't like to post up. He's not like the greatest post up guy. Cat is about as modern of a four in terms of offensive play style as you can find. And so you move him there and you have Gobert at the five. Obviously, the posting up that Cat didn't even want to do in the first place is probably really not going to happen now because that'll just that'll be harder than it was. Um, so it's not like Cat was so much of a five that it didn't make sense to get another one. Now you have a standard a lob catcher, so that's a roll threat and go bear. <laughs> People always laugh when you talk about Gobert and roll gravity, but it is a thing. Um, defensive rebounding and Cat can just go be a four, he can be an actual four. I'm wondering if yeah, some of, about some of the high low action you might get between those two. But 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 <laughs> the reason I'm starting to slow down here is now my mind is going back to when Utah tried to include Gobert and a lot of those when I, when I was just talking about the roll gravity and lob threat. I forget. Gobert couldn't. It, it was like one game against the Mavs where or one or two games against the Mavs where Utah was like, all right, you know what? You're up, Gobert. We're gonna we're gonna try to get you involved, and he couldn't catch the ball at all. So. That part, I, I don't know, actually. The fit is interesting. However, once again, it's just if you would listen to the last podcast where we talked about the DeJounte Murray and Trey Young fit, it kind of feels like that where, hey, you know what? Let's get that and figure it out. Because in the West, you're either gunning for the best right now or you're falling way behind into no man's land for a long time. Because these are a lot of young, good teams or a dynasty like Golden State, which, by the way, has let a couple of guys go. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, you just you just don't want to be stuck, man. The Spurs didn't want to be stuck. They didn't see a path towards building, so they let it all go. Uh, I'll be talking about the Kings in a minute. The Pelicans have a, a crazy young core right now, and they're going to be able to compete in the West for years to come. They didn't have to do anything drastic, although I've heard they picked up the phone about KD, but at this point, who hasn't? Uh, hell, even the Blazers are making moves, which, again, more deals that we didn't get to discuss yesterday. That kind of happened a little bit later. Or I think I might have just forgotten the Gary Payton one. Um, but they've gotten Jer Jeremy Grant. They've got Payton. They got the guy they drafted. Hell, I know they're picking up the phone about KD. I don't know how they'd make that happen, but you see what I mean? So I, I like the go for mentality here. I am definitely going to be interested to see how that does work on offense. Uh, Rudy Gobert will have to be capable of catching lobs to maximize it because I can see I can definitely see some situations where Cat creates that like two two man in the middle opportunity and you, you get some opportunities for lobs there. I could really see uh, some potential in that if Gobert can catch it and dunk it specifically in the playoffs. OK, that's pretty much all I have to say about that one. That's generally the thoughts. Oh, lastly, Utah. So from Utah's perspective, I would say that it's time to rebuild. You just got five picks is it one two three so you you got four picks and yeah so four first round picks in these players you got a young guy out of it you got actually two young guys out of it and the first report we heard after that 20 minutes later is oh utah's plan is to build around donovan mitchell i get the feeling they're gonna send them both 
this team is not it it gave the same vibes as portland saying oh no we're just gonna build around damian lillard they're doing nice things and i just gave them their props but unless they land kevin durant i don't think they're really going to i don't think portland has necessarily moved the needle and thus they're kind of still going to be stuck inevitably they're still going to be stuck in mediocrity it's not going to go that much further than it did when they had cj mccullum and so I kind of feel like that with Utah. You just this is a restart package, which you just got go bear for. You didn't go and get guys that are going to help Donovan Mitchell win now. I mean, it, it does help to have a defender next to him and Vando. That's cool. But once again, how much is he going to expand his offensive game? These are this is still not really a win now package. I would be surprised if Patrick Beverly ended up playing for Utah. He even tweeted out uh, something about it, it, his tweet about this trade seemed like general. I, the first one I saw anyways, maybe he's tweeted out love to Utah so far, but the first one, it, it kind of looked like he might end up somewhere else. And he, Utah was not one of the places he named uh, this summer when he was speaking about where he wanted to go. Anyways, my point is this just feels like a restart. And if you're Utah and you got these picks, so why not just go ahead and do the same thing with Donovan Mitchell and do what the Spurs did, man, just blow it all the way up because Donovan Mitchell might not be the number one on a championship team he might be a two but he might not be a one and if he is a one y'all are terribly far away from building that in this western conference now he has a long time on his contract but it also feels everything we hear about donovan mitchell and and he doesn't fight back against this everything we hear is that he wants to be somewhere else and he, he does nothing to to fight back against it so I just feel like this is a restart package and they should go all the way with it. That's that's what I got for Utah. And uh, yeah, either way, the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell pairing is over after years of them. You know, they got Mike Conley and then they were a dark horse. And then we saw them. They were dark horse in 2020. Then they blew it through and lead in the bubble. Then you go to 2021 and you don't beat the Clippers without PG. That's where we really learned that, hey, this Gobert thing is a, is a really, really big problem on this specific roster. And then that same exact thing happens again. That's where you get my videos on the main channel poking fun at them. I, I've told y'all there was no reason for them to play a single game together anymore. That's the mark of death. And I'm not taking credit for it. I, I say it at pretty obvious times. But I, when Ben Simmons and Embiid played their last game together, I said that night they should never play a game together again. Same thing with Mitchell and Gobert. I, on this podcast, am marking stamps of deaths on duos. When when I put that sticker on there, look for the trade. It's happening. It, it's, and it's very, it should be obvious at that point. That's, that's when you know it's over. You can always see the signs. All right. So Wolves and Gobert. <laughs> again, very random. I've seen exactly one jersey swap of Gobert and Wolves jersey. How about them Celtics? I do not have my desk. You know, I don't even want to play a, I don't even want to play a sound effect. You remember when this podcast was a little bit early and I was playing sound effects? I stopped because I was getting copyrighted. That's that's what YouTube is like. Anyways, how about them boys? So Boston picks up Danilo Gallinari, who we knew was not going to play for the San Antonio Spurs. They went ahead and uh, dropped him, let him find another team. He found the Boston Celtics, or we found him one way or another. They got a shooter. They got a guy that on this Celtics roster will probably be able to create as much as you need a bench player to create. You don't need him to do a whole lot. So I love that pickup. That's, that's extra points. And the big one, Malcolm Brogdon. It happened. So the deal, Celtics get Malcolm Brogdon for the Pacers for a 2023 first round pick. Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, and also a lot of players. I think Juwan Morgan, um, Nick Stauskas, 
uh, I think it was one more guy. Either way, everyone who didn't play for Boston, everyone at the edge of the bench who did not play, they got Malcolm Brogdon. Now, immediately, I know you're going to throw his injury report in my face. I'm here to tell you, I acknowledge that. That is that is definitely a valid concern, especially in Boston, where everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yes, it can. It, that's that's a worry. All right. But let me have this because I just spent the last two, three, four weeks doing a tour on the NBA Twitch channel on multiple podcasts the impact show i did his podcast the, the brado and will show the rockets guys i did their podcast um i might have done a third i'm forgetting and they all asked me about the celtics sorry wordu yeah i did one with wordu but that's not out yet and every time they asked me what we needed i said they've got to find a point guard out there i was thinking john wall but i was on the side i told you all the celtics fandom was kind of split on what to do this offseason and what they needed and certain people were getting mad because we were saying oh we should probably have a, a point guard that's an actual point guard because while smart is trying to grow into the role he's not an actual point guard they need an actual one they got that in malcolm brogdon and i didn't know where it was going to come from i forgot that brogdon was available they didn't want to run the thing that the kings just did with halliburton where they had fox and halliburton and we're pretending that both of them aren't ones they, they didn't want to do that mountain brogdon and halliburton both ones um yeah i i went to a magic game and i watched like it it's just random stretches in the game Hallie would just be sitting in the corner i'm like bro he does his best work with the ball just don't pretend this is gonna go anywhere trade him brogdon is out and we got him and i forgot that the pacers would be looking to do that now i also didn't think the price would be basically nothing <laughs> and so maybe that's uh, that's part of the reason i wasn't uh, he wasn't on my radar because I, I would always qualify the statement about us needing a playmaker the last thing I would say was, I don't know how it's going to happen without giving up something. It just always felt like you needed to give up. To move the needle, you would have to end up giving up a market smart. That's what I, that's what I thought, because I just didn't know who was available out there. Aside from John Wall, it did not seem available in free agency. I know Patty Mills, um, he resigned with the Nets anyway, so it don't even matter. And so yeah i didn't think we were just going to be able to throw them a pick and a lot of guys who don't matter on this roster <laughs> and get exactly what we needed so in one day to get him to get galinari and i believe they're looking for thomas bryant from the the wizards i think that's something that they're looking at but also he just changed his profile picture there's something to do with the lakers so i'm not sure how that's going to work out uh who knows they, they still have they still have roster spots to fill out but i am pleased with this man i am pleased we needed a bench guy, probably need another one, but you needed something on the bench and you absolutely needed this option when the game goes out of whack and you're looking at Tatum to do everything and you're looking at Brown to do everything with the ball because Marcus Smart is, is shooting threes or whatever. You absolutely needed a point guard like Brogdon to come in and calm things down and just be a point guard at very crucial moments in playoff games that became an issue and they addressed it. Shout out brad stevens the actual godfather <laughs> let me stop let me not disrespect pat riley although the heat haven't done anything yet um i'm big on this move man i am big on this move i am satisfied that's all i really have to say about it i i think every podcast that boston has been brought up i probably mentioned the need for a point guard there you go done deal don't need to do anything else this offseason except get like one more guy cool we'll see what happens aside from that yes the warriors our arch enemy for the next year interesting man so they signed dante divincenzo but immediately 24 hours passing free agency they let gary payton go and auto porter they didn't want to pay gary payton which interesting go find the quote where steph curry they talked about how gary payton would guard him in practice and steph told bob myers like hey don't don't let this man end up on another team and, and make me have to actually deal with this so they did that 
and auto porter once again i thought his his spacing was important don't know his exact numbers but he hit some very important threes in this series and at, at times when steve kerr said all right we need to switch things up he was important to, to that lineup versatility uh yeah losing both of them within 24 hours and getting dante divincenzo back i want to see what else the warriors have in the bag because i was under the impression they were just going to run it back they're going to pay whatever they had to pay to run it back and then and add james wiseman on top of this or deal him for what else whatever else you needed i thought they were i, I didn't think those two guys were just going to walk and so that's a sad day um we'll see what they replaced him with i, I don't know how i'm not sure what dante divincenzo is, is really going to bring no bellinelli is also gone he went overseas he won his championship did i say bellinelli sorry <laughs> uh bielitsa bielitsa went overseas he's gone um although he he wasn't that important by the time the season got to the most crucial parts he wasn't that important so but yeah so three guys are gone now very interesting for golden state let's keep an eye on what else they do how about Zion Williamson agreeing to a five-year, $231 million extension? So without having hardly played, he gets this. I think that there are not incentives. That's not the word I'm looking for. I think there's conditions in the contract that kind of protect the Pelicans. I believe that's what I've heard. Either way, Zion said he couldn't sign that fast enough a couple of months ago. Of course, he's been hurt. He proved himself when he played, but it was it's so little. So, yeah, of course, he couldn't wait to jump on 230 mil because you don't know if he's going to get injured again. But, yeah, Pelicans rightfully locked him up. I'm glad we don't have to deal with all the trade rumors because it's already one thing we're dealing with Kevin Durant on a like, what four year contract, basically forcing his way out of Brooklyn. Would hate to have had this whole thing happen with Zion actually turn into a a situation where he played barely one season and, and got his way out before he was ever even a restricted free agent. Glad, glad we cleared that up. So yeah, great stuff for the Pelicans. I let me know if y'all know anyone who knows the Pelicans well, because I, I am very high on them and I would love to have whoever that is on the podcast at some point. Um, the other important ones here would be, Oh, Ruby, Ricky Rubio back to Cleveland, by the way. Uh, that's awesome. That was another guy that I was maybe looking at for Boston. I'll take Brogdon um the kings got kevin herter for justin holiday mo harkless and a future first round pick i actually like what the kings are doing so far bro the Kings signed malik monk and then they got kevin herter here uh you got keegan murray i'm interested to see what that does to harrison barnes on the roster is he now expendable are they going full-on young uh sabonis is there again the sabonis was a go for it move Getting Malik Monk and Kevin Herter are not not go forward in terms of like a champ. They're nowhere near a championship, but it would go forward in terms of back of the playoffs. They were they tried that way early last year. And uh, these these signings here, these trades, they're trying to be competitive. The Kings are legitimately trying to be competitive. I do. I'm interested in what their defense is going to be like this year, but they are trying to, to put together an actual competitive roster. So. Uh, that's cool. Bruce Brown to the Nuggets. Bruce Brown to the Nuggets. That is awesome. It's apparently they're not bringing Cousins back. Obviously, Bruce Brown is not a big man. I'm just saying this kind of makes up for the DeAndre Jordan thing. I, does it? I don't really know, but okay. That's cool. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Zach Levine, we already knew he was going back to the Bulls. I told y'all that. Kevon Looney returned to the Warriors. Yeah, that pretty much covers a lot of what we missed yesterday. And uh, there's a lot of other smaller deals, but I don't think I really need to read through all those. All right, well, I'm done here. Main thing for this video was Wolves and Celtics. And I just wanted to mention these other deals. 
Uh, I think we probably clocked in at 25, 30 minutes today. So not quite barbershop talk length, but I wanted to make sure I got everything I had to say out. So let me know what you think about these trades and these fits in the comment section. Did I need to go over the Brogdon thing from the Pacers perspective? Not really. Tanking team didn't need to have, you know, let Hadley develop. Just basic stuff there. Okay, yeah. Like button, rating with the stars on Spotify, all that good stuff. I appreciate y'all. I will see y'all hopefully not tomorrow or the day after because that means yet another trade happened and I couldn't let these pods breathe.